<laughs> yeah. Okay, welcome back. It's the time everyone has been waiting for. It is time for the next issue of Panda's Odyssey. For me to tell you all about my adventures traveling around the world. It has been months since I last updated my blog. This will be the first episode of telling you about those adventures. I've already made one of these audio casts. Just re, uh, recapping you with what, what Panda's Odyssey is about. And uh, talking about my last year of uh, being back home and in the real world of sorts. Back in the working world at least. So, uh, where did we leave off? Uh, it was in New Zealand. Uh, I was off to meet up with my friend Tom in Wellington. The, the last stop in New Zealand. Looking back, it's almost been two years. That is mid-December of 2017. Uh, I'm very far behind. <laughs> But yeah, a little backstory. So Tom and I go back, oh, 20 years or so. Uh, I've met him when I was a teenager. We met through our mutual friend James. I met James when I was boxing. So that was about when I was 13, 14. Uh, And uh, basically, Tom and I have been friends ever since. Just coincidentally, we both decided... There is more to just paying bills, uh, working to pay bills. As I was planning the Odyssey, Tom had already planned his own backpacking adventures and had taken off. Just as I was on my final year of getting ready to to actually explore the world, uh, Tom had come and visited me and he had just been ending he had he had just uh spent a year backpacking around the world had a lot of uh, insight to pass on to me from his experiences backpacking through mostly through southeast asia so it was a a lot of uh, cool insight i got from him while he uh, visited me and uh, we talked about the travel life and we still talk once in a while online about the travel life and the urge to travel again. I was being actually quite evil shortly after this time. I remember talking to him, trying to get him to uh, come and join me in in Japan for uh, some skiing, uh, which never came around. It never happened. It was uh, quite evil of me. He had just, just uh, started a new job. Here I am sending him all sorts of links and pictures about skiing in February in Mar- in uh, February in Japan, and uh, he 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 did not he did not like me then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I took the bus down to Wellington from Tapo. It's about four or five hours. It's a straight line down this a road. You know, you just. You sit there all morning staring at um, fields of sheep, and then uh, eventually you show up at 
know, the city of Wellington. And uh, so I've been in contact with Tom all this time, uh, texting back and forth. And uh, so I told him when I would be arriving and I was keeping in contact with him for him to meet me at the bus stop. I text him. I let him know I have arrived and I'm expecting to see him at the bus stop. I don't know where it drops me off. It's in front of some kind of government building. So I here I am on Saturday Road uh, with my backpack looking around for him and I get a text. I'll be right there. <laughs> so I'm standing around and I'm waiting and uh, maybe not long, maybe five, ten minutes, not long. And uh, Tom shows up with a big smile on his face. And uh, he's like, welcome to Wellington. And he, he has a bag, uh, a paper bag from Burger King. And uh, hands me it over to me. And uh, sure enough, it's got uh, a Whopper in it waiting for me. <laughs> so if you, if you don't know the whole story about this, is one of the things I wanted to do while traveling obviously is eat local food but as a side project to see if I could how well I can manage Instagram and social media I tried and came up with my own tag of a uh, hundred a hundred whoppers hundred cities so the idea was every time I got to a new city I'd eat a whopper I'd take a picture of it and I'd try and uh, get the attention of Burger King to maybe sponsor me. Um, I thought it would be hilarious to have a Burger King patch on my gi and be able to say that, you know, th this panda is sponsored by Burger King as I travel around the world. Um, it didn't work out, but it's, it was still some fun times of taking some pictures, eating burgers. <laughs> so anyways, back to the story. Tom shows up with Whoppers for me, um, knowing that I love Whoppers, I love Burger King. We uh, we head down, we were pretty much right downtown at the Harbor Front anyways. So only a few more m minutes of walking down the streets. Uh, I don't know exactly where we went from where I was, but uh, I followed Tom and we ended up on the harbor in front of the Tapapa Museum. Uh, just sitting down on the on the pier, eating the burgers and uh, enjoying the view, and uh, kind of catching up on how life has been traveling and how life has been for him uh, adjusting back to just in the, being in the the working world. So after the burgers, we uh, we get we set off on our way to Tom's place which is uh, uphill. I was uh, found out uh, Wellington is basically all just a hill. At the top of this hill is a lookout where you can see all of Wellington and a lot of the, the southern part of North Island and maybe even the tip of South Island, but it's a really nice lookout area, and, uh, but it's a really steep hill. So walking up to Tom's place is quite a trek if you're not used to it. And walking up from his place to the lookout is also a bit of a trek if you're not used to it. So there is a day or two where I had t 
time to myself to just walk around. Making my way back to Tom's place was um, a bit of an effort. My knee was still really hurting. Remember, I had just hurt my knee in Topo. So trying to walk back up the steep hill really wasn't my thing. It kind of kind of sucked, but you got to go with uh, your with your adventures, right? Um, you you can't pick the days. You can't pick the best times. You, you got to use whatever opportunity you have. So if I have to hobble around to see sights, then that's that's what I had to do. While I was in Wellington, I went to the De Papa Museum. It's a really cool museum. From the outlook, from the outside, it looks kind of cool. Very cool, modern kind of um, space shop-looking museum. And uh, but in inside, it's got a really cool exhibit. It's still going on now. It's going to be going on for a while, I believe. Uh, Weta, the the company that did all the effects for the uh, um, Lord of the Rings. They they did this this exhibit uh, on uh, Galapoli. The Galapoli exhibition covers the the Battle of Galapoli, uh, New Zealand's participation in the First World War, uh, from taking the the journals of eight different people that were involved. Um, different possessions from nurses to soldiers to officers and uh, tells their stories from the ba- Battle of Gallipoli and also covers uh, all of New Zealand's uh, efforts during the First World War. Weta took these journal entries and these pictures uh, and other information of these people and built these tableau-style pieces uh, of these people and the scenes described in the journals. These scenes that they built, though, are so massive. They're about 20 feet or more, these giant people, but they're also so incredibly lifelike. Um, Like, I was looking at these, and you could see I, I got memorized staring at these statues, I'm I'm staring at them. You can see uh, the beads of sweat on their forehead. Uh, you can see the the, the hairs on their knuckles. Uh, every little detail. It looks so lifelike. There is a few times as I was staring at these pieces, I was expecting them to move, right? To actually uh, talk. Um, and they're all they're all in action scenes, right? Um, from from the journal. So uh, one one journal describes the the guy um, his friend being shot and and wounded and him helping him. Here you are seen now in front of you, uh, like you're actually there. But at the same time, they're so massive in that scale. It's like literally being a fly on the wall, or or watching the life of life of giants, I guess. Uh, incredibly done. The exhibit also has some other cool things, uh, some interactive maps that show you how different beachheads were stormed. They have a cool three-dimensional um, uh, 
models of of uh, the trench warfare. So it's like a cutout of the ground to show you the tunnels and the living conditions and whatnot. I have a bunch of pictures from this exhibit in my Flickr account. Uh, if you're watching this on a platform with videos, you're you're seeing the slideshow of these pictures I took. Um, it's it, it, this exhibit is going on for a while, so def definitely check it out. So, anyways, so uh, yeah, Tom and I uh, are catching up. Uh, we're hanging out with each other. Uh, he's showing me some sights. We'll walk up to the lookout uh, to see Wellington, take some, some pictures. We drive over to the Weta Museum, which is really small. It's basically just like a gift shop. Like, it's really small. They got these um, the trolls out front. So I got some pictures with uh, the giant trolls out front. But before all this, actually my first night, we had a bit of a movie marathon. Tom's wife, Anna, uh, back then was his fiancée, Anna. Uh, they've been married since then. I, uh, I missed the wedding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, Anna, who is from New Zealand, which is why Tom is there, of course. So they hosted a bit of a New Zealand movie marathon. I'd already known of Taika Waititi's movies, but I've never really watched them before. Um, so we watch, of course, What We Do in Shadows, and also uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, it was, a, it was a, a fun night of watching New Zealand culture, of course. Um, if you know of Wellington and know of his movies, you see, um, especially what, what we do in shadows, it's, it's shot right in Wellington. So while I was there visiting and walking around downtown, um, I did see some of those scenes and, uh, of course, uh, made jokes about um, being on the lookout for weird individuals asking me if I wanted to follow them to their house for uh, spaghetti or baschetti. <laughs> One cool aspect was uh, in the morning, Tom uh, made me a, a good homestyle Canadian breakfast complete with authentic Canadian maple syrup that Tom had been rationing ever since he had been in uh, New Zealand, slowly uh, using it up until he can, or uh, trying to save it rather, until he could make it back to Canada and replenish his supply. I believe he has done so recently, uh, but at this time, he only had a little bit left, so he's a little reluctant to actually let me have some, but he is a good friend, and uh, I was able to have some good old pancakes and maple syrup and uh, crispy bacon, which was a great delight. Um, you don't understand how, how much we love our, our bacon and maple syrup. <laughs> At this point in the Odyssey, I had been backpacking for about 13 months, so I had a lot of experiences to share with Tom, and himself hadn't having 
traveled for about a year throughout Southeast Asia, uh, he also had a lot of experiences to compare. And uh, that was one aspect about about our relationship that's uh, really kind of cool is that we have these similar experiences. We can compare and bounce off ideas and uh, relate to. Um, in fact, while traveling, he uh, I, I would post things that he would also kind of uh, he would reinforce or give insight on. Um, you know, he would say, well, yeah, I had, I was thinking that same kind of thing while I was traveling at that point. Um, for instance, everyone kind of gets through a phase of not wanting to return or just wanting to give it up or, you know, uh, whatever. Um, and also given that he, he had did done his traveling before me, just like, when he came to visit me, it, it was like a, a year in the, into the future, right? He was now dealing with what I am going through or have been going through this past year of now getting back into the work world of, you know, working to pay bills and the, resisting the urge to travel and, uh, you know, being going back into the life, the, the, the normal world, right? Um so while I was there visiting him, you know, he, uh, I was again kind of getting insights of what to expect while also kind of getting some uh, reinforcements on my my thoughts for traveling or a second opinion on thoughts. Um, yeah, it was uh, it's a good um, introspective, uh, reflective moment. Um I don't know what big word I'm supposed to use for that, but it was it was nice to sit down and talk with a good friend who has similar experiences. During the day of uh, Tom and Anna showing me around Wellington, uh, we went driving around, and Anna brought me through this tunnel. Now, if you know Wellington, you know exactly what I'm talking about just by mentioning the tunnel. Uh... If you don't, have never been there, and you've never heard of the story, um, it's a good one. Now, <clears throat> I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember um, exactly what happened, but I'm sure you can look it up. Um, the Haunted Tunnel of Wellington. Uh, as I was told, a woman died in this tunnel. And they believe she haunts this tunnel. It's a driving tunnel. This is like on a main road. Um, so you, and it's quite a, a long tunnel. Now, I believe it's just the wind. Wellington is a windy city. It's on the coast. So they got a lot of wind that they're hearing, that, that the screaming in this tunnel. But, you know, locals and their superstitions. So... As the story goes, a woman dies in, in this tunnel, and now she haunts it. And people driving through the tunnel honk their horn and yell for her to go away so that they won't, she won't haunt them and have them crash their car. I'm not too sure. But, so, Hannah goes driving through this tunnel, 
yelling away to tell the, the, this ghost to go away while frantically honking her horn. And uh, as I said, it's a long tunnel. And uh, Tom and I are laughing away. And I notice at first she is the only car doing this. So not only is not only is this funny to listen to and watch, but now I'm thinking maybe Tom's marrying a crazy lady. And this might be my, my last time seeing my friend Tom again. <laughs> but uh, it's soon enough, other cars start honking back in return and flashing their, their uh, highlight, the high beams. And, uh, <laughs> and you realize that, yes, this is a thing. When you drive through this tunnel, you honk your horn and flash your lights and yell out the windows. <laughs> To scare this ghost away from haunting you. Uh, another another thing that I saw in Wellington as we were driving around is uh, warning signs of the wildlife uh, along the the roads. Now in Canada, we we have all kinds of you know animal crossing signs. Usually. It's warnings for the large animals we have here, like deer and moose and and elk and whatnot. Um, you know, big, large animals that if you hit with your car will probably kill you because they're huge. In New Zealand, in Wellington, it's it's not a big, large animal that you have to watch out for. No, they have penguin crossings. All along uh, some of these roads, you see these signs warning you that penguins live there and to watch out for penguins crossing the road. So their, their number one fear of running over or hitting an animal is not a large animal with antlers that could gore you. It's a cute but stupid flightless bird. For training, uh, I couldn't do much training because I, I hurt my knee in Topo. There was no rolling going on, uh, but I didn't let that stop me from still coming out to, uh, to gyms and doing some training, a little bit of drilling. Uh, it was still new, this injury, so I didn't really know how bad it was other than it really hurt to walk around a lot. And uh, I was really, I guess, really, I was just being stubborn. I didn't want to stop training. I didn't want to, because to me, I felt like if I was to visit places without training there, then why was I visiting? If I wasn't going to be visiting visiting and training, then, then why am I doing this whole thing? I was kind of in this, this limbo of, do I, do I end the Odyssey at at the end of the year and go home and fix my knee but I, I decided to push on and I kept hurting myself over and over again you guys if I'm sure you've already read the past blog and all about it so I I visited these gyms these two gyms that are there and I'm really glad I did um, because I met some cool people uh, the first gym is uh, BJJ Wellington at the dub 
I forget what the dub is. There's a building that has a bunch of different martial arts in there. I shouldn't think the dub is short for something else. The W, maybe? Anyways, um, martial arts at the dub. And uh, the black belt professor there is, is Professor uh, Jeff Grant. And he is a John Will black belt. John Will is, I believe, the first black belt in Australia. Uh, he's underneath the uh, Machados. I really wish I could have met him, like John Will, and done an interview with him. But he's just so busy. And uh, I guess his his gym is so busy that there is actually a waiting list to be able to get into, to be a student, to get into his classes. Uh, as what I, from what I heard when I was in Geelong. So anyways, uh, Jeff Grant, Professor Grant, is a, a student of his. Big guy. I think I'm up to his shoulders. Lots of fun uh, drilling. And I met uh, one of his um, blue belts. Uh, at the time, he was a blue belt. Anyways, um, John. Uh, John is my, my training partner. He was very welcoming. And we have made good friends online. John has a bit of a, a dark, sick sense of humor. And uh, I think it's hilarious. So we... Uh, we follow each other along on Facebook and laugh at the, the different memes that are posted. There's a lot of fun training at that club. Uh, it's just a big, huge open space upstairs. It's kind of hard to find. There's no big signs outside saying, you know, Jujitsu club up inside. So I think I, at first I walked into a mechanics shop underneath and quickly realized this was not the gym I was looking for. It was the stairs, the small door with the stairs next to that place that was the, the gym upstairs. I couldn't roll because of the knee, so uh, during, I think it was a half hour or so of, of them rolling, I was talking with John and with Professor Grant there about my travels, and they had both traveled a bit around the areas, so... Talking about uh, Southeast Asia, uh, you know, my future spots I was going to go to and spots I've just been to. There was a lot of um, information and stories uh, sh shared between that time. It was a, it was a good time. Uh, I wish I could have been more, more a part of class. Uh, gone back a few times, had some, some, some rounds rolling with people. But, you know, you have to just kind of go with what you got. The other club I went to was um, the Combat Room BJJ. That's uh, with Professor Vanderson. I had a few friends from uh, traveling who had rep recommended him to go to drop by his place. I can't remember who exactly gave me some high praise to go and, and check him out. But it did. Um, his place isn't right downtown like the the uh, the dub is, uh, Wellington BJJ. But it was it was easy enough to find. It's just off the road. Has a the sign out front and whatnot. Not that I really needed to look for it. I guess I stand out with my jujitsu t-shirt and my little bag on my back has you know jujitsu patches on it. I was walking down the street and someone saw me 
I guess, looking at my phone or something. I, I'm not too sure. I, I didn't think I was looking like I was in need of directions, but he looked at me and, and just called out to me, hey, are you are you looking for the jujitsu place? <laughs> and uh, sure enough, yes, I was. So he just directed me down. He actually walked with me because I guess he lived above it in um, a loft or so. And uh, so it was, uh, was kind of funny. I got escorted to the gym. Uh, it's a bit smaller than the other place. Still a really nice place. I think it was all white. If I remember correctly, it was just everything. The walls, the mats, everything. It was, it was all white, which is uh, it's kind of funny. It's like you're lost in a cloud. Um, but yeah, Vanderson, Professor Vanderson, really nice guy. It's hard to explain exactly how, what we worked on, but... It was like being able to move your body weight when they have you in X or um, in butterfly or whatever. Being able to control where your weight is going so you can't get swept and and be able to kind of just float on top of them. Um, I'm sure so some people that may sound easier than it was for me and for others maybe... You know, you're lost in what I'm trying to say. Because it wasn't, you weren't using your hands to post off the ground. You weren't using your hands to control their limbs or their hips or anything. You were merely just like all limbs out, kind of just moving your weight through your own body awareness on how to uh, float and uh, stay balanced and not uh, swept. Uh, really cool concept. The guy I was training with, Professor, was there. It was a small class. It was only a few of us. So Professor was there and kind of coaching me through it at times. And I was lost, but the guy I was training with was just a pro. I didn't matter what I tried to do. Even if I had two good legs, I wouldn't have been able to sweep him at all. Um, it was, he literally just... Like, he got into my guard and just floated on top of me until he decided to pass to a side. It was crazy. I, I don't know how to explain it. After class, then, uh, Professor Vanderson and I uh, went and sat in the corner and uh, chatted since I wasn't able to roll. And uh, I, was, I was looking to talk to him more about his training and uh, his uh, history within New Zealand. But it actually it, it turned into me being interviewed kind of thing. It was uh, it was kind of cool. Uh, he was very interested in my travels and my reasoning for all my travels and visiting um, his club, picking away picking apart you know who I am, which to me was uh, really flattering. I guess it was really really cool. I don't know how to describe it i guess i'm always uh depreciating myself um as just being a a blue belt nobody who you know is kind of just this aimless wanderer uh and you know he's a, a black belt a pretty well-known black belt since i've been told by several people to go and visit him and he's more interested about you know what I'm doing than telling me what he has done. 
I guess really when it comes down to it, when you think about it, in jujitsu, there's a lot of people who to them, that's the life, right? Just traveling and training, meeting awesome people, being on awesome adventures and just, you know, great times. Uh, the other side is those who stick to one school and train really hard to be the best competitor, right? And those two aren't mutually exclusive. You know, you can have one. People who are in kind of uh, have a, 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 a foot in both pools, right? Um, or however that saying, saying, saying goes. But yeah, um, so I've, I go to, I've been to gyms where, you know, they they have a visitor. Well, they have a lot of visitors, so which, whatever, um, just get the training, right? Um, and then I have other schools like this where I walk into that gym and the professor is profoundly thankful for you showing up and really interested in, in you and why you're there. Now, I had that, I had this experience at both schools, not to single out just uh, Professor Vanderson, like, uh, and not mention that Professor uh, Grant also really was uh, happy to have me there and, and asked me all kinds of questions about traveling. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a cool memory that I'm, I'm sharing with you all, um, uh, kind of being on the spot makes you kind of reflect and realize where you've been and what you're doing and, and why you're doing it. So after training, uh, I only got out, uh, one night to each club and after having some sightseeing with Tom, reminiscing about old times and, and talking about our, our shared experiences traveling, or I guess sharing our, each of our experiences traveling, um, it was uh, time to go. I was, uh, I was only there for a short while, and then it was uh, my next stop. It was actually my, my last stop coming up uh, before the holidays, and that was flying over to Singapore. Uh, I was going to meet up with an old friend uh, from Toronto. Uh, she had been living there for some time now. Uh, I was also going to be meeting up with a uh, another globetrotter who I had uh, met near the start of my travels. Um, if you look all the way back to uh, my month in uh, the UK... I met up with uh, June in uh, Blackpool. He was traveling around uh, the UK and, and in Europe. His path was opposite of mine, I guess. There had been a few places that I met up, I went to after meeting him that he had already been to. So we, we never met up again in, in Europe. And this is uh, almost a year later, we're f meeting up again now in his uh, his hometown, I guess. Uh, the next time I get back to talking about my travels on Panda's Odyssey, it will be in it will be about uh, being in Singapore, meeting up with some old friends, and exploring uh, an amazing city. Until then, uh, follow me on social media 
at Pandas Odyssey. Um, you can go to my Flickr account and see all my photos, flickr.com backslash Pandas Odyssey. Or you can check out my YouTube channel if you're not already watching this on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Pandas Odyssey. Pretty much just Google Pandas Odyssey. Go to pandasodyssey.com. All the links are there. Until next time, uh, see you on the mats.